but I just really want to like raise a strong human. And I don't necessarily know how I'm going to implement that, but I think starting with myself as being an example and showing that you can speak up in a respectful way um, will be like a great tool for her to have. to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class, lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being, and not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Yoga Magic, my friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard, and if we haven't met yet, digitally or person or whatever, I am so glad you're tuning in this week. Um, Happy new moon, everybody. Happy second new moon in Cancer. I hope you set some intentions for the coming weeks. If you didn't, that's okay. Turns out there will be more new moons coming up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I always like to give a little lay of the land on... Something's happening in my journey of self-care, self-discovery, you know, wellness, findings, tips, whatnot, and I've got some fun learnings from the past couple weeks to share. So the first one, I decided to take kind of a short break from reading highly educational nonfiction books right now. I just needed something a little less serious, so I'm trying to read more fiction, um, but I also discovered the comedian Ali Wong's book, Dear Girls, and I am loving it. She just, she says exactly what I'm thinking about as a parent, but in a bit more provocative way. <laughs> I'm here for it. And it's funny because I just, I think I'm always an open person, an honest person on this show, you know, with my family, but when it comes to parenting, a lot of us are just, I don't know, maybe scared to share how we're feeling um, because we worry that, you know, oh my gosh, someone's going to think I'm a, a bad mom or bad parent or whatever. And so I just love that that Allie in this book, she says exactly, you know, how she's feeling. I mean, like for me, I, I love my kids so much, but some days I really don't enjoy parenting. I don't. And And does that make me a bad mom? No, it doesn't. You know, some days are great. Anyways, her book... And her Netflix specials have been a wellness upside for me lately. Um, Side note, I know I've talked about this before, but I need to reiterate it because it's so awesome. If you're a reader, if you like to read a lot like me, you have to get the app Libby. Um, It's basically a library app for audio and digital books. You just, you get your library card, you punch it in, and then you can start requesting books. Um, And it can download to your Kindle if it's like a a digital book, or you can listen to, you know, an audiobook on your phone. Sometimes you you do have to wait for books that are really popular, but you can queue up to 15 books at a time and and they'll come available and let you know. So it's love it. I'm saving so much money on Audible. Yes, it's wonderful. Okay, the second thing this month that I'm loving. I've talked about the trampoline before, but friends, my trampoline dance situation right now is, it's goals. I try to hop on there for like 20 minutes every other day. I don't know. I don't really put any goals on it. I just, it's nice to move when my body wants to move. And so I'll get on there and I'll like, I have this little routine that I've sort of built myself. (laughs) It's so awkward. It's like an 80s video. I should wear a sweatband, but it feels so good. It feels silly. Like if someone were to watch me and actually my daughter is often in the room kind of like silently judging me, like, what are you doing, mom? But it feels so good to jump around, to have fun, to move my body intuitively. Yoga is so beautiful and so graceful. And this isn't. And I like that. I like that balance. (laughs) Um, I started a little bit. Okay. Awkward. Anyways, friends, I just, I feel like this week's conversation 
with our guest, Liz Kruger. It came in a good time. Yes. Um, you know, just with all of the uncertainty of COVID, we have to give up a little control. I mean, this is coming from a, a control freak, but like the it's a balance of, of surrender and control right now. And Liz really kind of hits it on the nail when she, she talks about this today. So our guest, Liz Kruger, is just sharing a few truth bombs on what it means to find the balance. She's so honest and not only on this episode, but just always as a so you know on social media in person and I think that's why she's become you know kind of an influencer if you use that word she's so relatable but she's also been dealt some some shitty cards and she talks about her journey through those and how it makes her stronger um she talks about her journey through bodybuilding the takeaways that she and her husband have had from that world um she talks about getting bullied and I don't just mean like you know name calling mean girl shit I'm talking about like adult viral online bullying. It is gross. But she turned it into a positive movement because that's who she is. And then she talks about what, you know, what she's learned from all of this and how it's shaping her view as a soon-to-be mom of a little girl. Chances are, if you're from the Twin Cities, you probably already know Liz because she knows literally everyone. Um, But if you're not, Liz Kruger is a creator, a connector, and a curator. She lives in Minneapolis with her husband, Dan, and their little Yorkie, and then their soon-to-be baby. And she's currently the curator for the Lululemon Experiential Store at the Mall of America here in Minnesota. So thanks to Liz for being on the show, sharing her stories. Um, Before we hop to that interview, I'm so excited to be hosting my next workshop this August 6th and it's a couple's date night, my friends. Um, So I've heard from so many of you that you finally got your partners to start doing yoga at home while you were in quarantine. Yes, but probably, I don't know, maybe that's because it's less intimidating than an in-person studio. I'm hosting a super low-key, low-stress online workshop where we will move through a little simple flow. We'll talk through some basics of yoga and meditation. We'll do um, some pose checkups. And then I'll leave you with a flow that you and your partner can do really on your own time at a future date night. A yoga date night for the future. Lovely. More info on that event in my show notes or visit ashleysondergaard.com. And then secondly, I am doing a giveaway in gratitude for your podcast reviews. So here's how this works. You leave a review and a comment on Apple Podcasts. Send me a screenshot on Instagram at ashleysondergaard.yoga and get entered to win a goodie basket of all my favorite things. I mean, All my favorites, crystals, essential oils, books, um, journals. It'll be great. You'll love it. Send me those DMs on Instagram before August 5th to be entered. And the winner will be announced on Instagram on August 6th. So it's super easy. I'm just so appreciative of your reviews for this show because they make a big difference in the reach of of this uh, content. Okay, let's get to this episode with the very sweet, very honest Liz Kruger. So Liz, will you tell the listeners who you are? And you know, we were, before we started recording, we were just sort of talking about this and you're a lot of things. I want to I wanna hear about that. Well, who are you? Yeah, I feel like it's constantly evolving. Uh, and like most recently, I'm expecting, so I consider myself a mom now or a mama-to-be, which is really exciting. Um, it's like my life, life resume, just adding to it. Um, I live in Minneapolis in the North Loop with my husband, um, and my dog, so I'm a wife and a dog mom. Um, I'm also a curator for Lululemon, so I do the events and programming for the experiential store at Lululemon Mall of America. Um, and then also I just consider myself um, a professional connector and networker, and social butterfly, I guess that's <laughs> most people like just know me because I'm always out and about and um, a big mouth so I'm constantly sharing things so I'm a lot of things um I've been that way my whole life there's not really like one way to define who I am I don't think so <laughs> love that you are you I wouldn't say that you have a big mouth I would just say that you're so <laughs> like honest you're so honest on social media and I think that's why people love you and they love following you and they love the things that you have to say because it I don't know I just feel a lot less alone when I look at your Instagram stories. <laughs> Thank you. It makes, and selfishly, I always say to people, I'm like, it selfishly makes me feel less alone as well. Um, but I'm a, what am I? I'm a two on the Enneagram, which is also a helper. And they say that like some of your, like the negative parts of that is that you do selfishly get fulfilled by helping other people. Um, 
because it does help yourself. Um, but I think that's how I, I originally intended was to share because it helped me. And now I just love the community that it's created. And I do get to help so many other people while helping myself move through life. Mm-hmm. How have you been through quarantine? Like you've, you've been expecting or like you've had, you've been going through a lot. How has this been this kind of weird time? Um, I will say it's been crazy. I mean, if there was like a bell curve or something like the first two weeks of quarantine, I think like most people, I was like working out twice a day. I'm like, Oh, this is great. It'll just be two weeks. It's going to be like a nice break from life kind of thing. Um, and then at the end of those two weeks, um, when things were extended and I actually found out I was pregnant at the end of those two weeks, I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, like <laughs> I'm, I'm pregnant and you're kind of like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm pregnant during a pandemic like was this a good choice <laughs> um <laughs> even though it wasn't really a choice it just happened but I was like um so yeah the beginning was a little bit kind of more of a shock but really positive and then I think with um my pregnancy I've been I was really really sick the first three months um which I was not expecting um and because I am such a positive person normally it took a really big toll on my mental health and I if I cried or any of this, it's because of hormones. That's just a disclaimer. Please, please uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it just took a mental health toll on me. I think like the physical part, like waking up every day going, you're going to be sick again today. You're going to get through it and you're going to go to bed and you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to be sick again. And you're just going to do this day in and day out while being at home, not with around other people and that was really tough for me because I think normally when things get hard, I surround myself with people and things and that wasn't an option. Um, so yeah, it was, it hasn't been easy. Um, so, um, but it's also made me really go inward and like, just feel all the things and not glaze over them. When I look back on this, I know that I have like experienced it in its fullest expression and like, feel like I could write a book even after just like four months now but <laughs> um yeah I think like anybody though it has been there's been ups and downs like I am lucky I got to be home being so sick but also would it have would it have been better if I was out in my normal environment being distracted by things um but I'm just really trying to see it as a gift mm-hmm. yeah being positive are you feeling better now yes much better now there's like bouts of um, nausea, like when I'm in the car yeah. with my husband, I'm not a good passenger. I realized we were like <laughs> just pulling into our place the other day. I was like, I, I need like out of the car, like right now. He's like, but we're right. There. I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I need to get out right now. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so oh, there's moments like that. I just carry food with me at all times. And that usually, that usually helps. <laughs> It makes me think like I wasn't super sick with either of my pregnancies, but just in moments of, I mean, like quarantine where if I didn't have the tools and the positivity that I have, oh my gosh, like what would have happened? <laughs> yeah, that's what I wondered too. I'm like, gosh, I really, I like, I feel like I set myself up without knowing it, like with how healthy I'd been with like how healthy my mindset I had mm-hmm. because things got dark for me. And I'm like, if this is my normal is pretty like high. So I can't imagine what it's like if you haven't done that work or you're not able to recognize the feelings because I think I was able to like recognize all the feelings I was having. And yes, some of them were scary and like worrisome, but I knew I'd be okay, which I think a lot of people suffer in silence and I don't know how to, how to identify them. Or like I said, me, have, me having a big mouth, I think I mean, like, I like just am very expressive. Like when I'm feeling something or I have something to say, I just say it. And so I was like, would tell my husband, like, I'm, I'm scared for myself today because I can't stop crying. And I feel like I'm in the dark hole and I don't know how to get out of it kind mm-hmm. of thing. And some people don't feel comfortable saying that, or they don't know how to identify it. So they say nothing at all and just literally suffer in silence when pregnancy is already hard to Mm-hmm. Let alone quarantined for, you know, an extroverted person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a doozy. <laughs> I'm like, I, I learned to love time with myself. That's for sure. But it is, I think it's a, it affected all of us. I don't think anybody's meant to be not around people for that amount of time. Right. So. Yeah. Well, and so you weren't able to really work out well. I mean, even now you can a, li- a little bit. With yeah. <laughs> 
that was another flip that got switched that got flipped that I was not expecting. Um, because I ever, I think I, so many people said to me, Oh, you're going to have like a great pregnancy. You're so healthy. You're so fit. It'll be so easy for you. Um, but I was so sick. I mean, that wasn't even on my radar. Like there's mm-hmm. no way I was literally just eating carbs every couple hours to like not throw up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is the complete opposite of what I normally do. Like, so there, there was no working out, but then, um, about four weeks ago was when I started to feel okay. And I was like going on walks, um, which I still got winded on. I'd be like, can we take a shade break? And so we'd stop underneath a tree or something. I'd have a banana and just like <laughs> chill for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I've gotten back into working out maybe two or three days a week, um, which has felt really great because I actually have the energy to do it. Um, but it has been a big shift for me because before if I was tired or in a bad mood or whatever, before pregnancy, I would just push through it and do it. And I knew I'd feel better. Um, but now I'm having to switch my perspective that that's not the case with pregnancy. If you're tired or feeling awful, it's sometimes better just to rest. Um, mm-hmm. so that was like, okay, this is humbling. My new word for 2020 is surrender. I'm just like, mm. I'm not in control of this. And so I realized that while growing a human, while growing a human, rest is just as important as activity. Whereas in my whole life, it was like, I don't know, I could be selfish and push my body, but now it just seems like the dumb thing to do. So um, I'm looking at health and wellness and fitness in a whole different light. And I keep remembering that this is temporary and I have to keep reminding myself of that because it's not easy to completely switch your life over to something different. Um, but yeah, and I'm starting to be able to eat healthier, which feels really good because before I wasn't craving anything healthy and now it's like, there's bouts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I've just, I've just approached it from a different light now that I'm feeling better and it's actually been quite freeing. Like I don't have to be thinking about what I'm eating that, you know, every day to achieve my physical and, you know athletic goals. It's not about that anymore. It's more about like, how do I feel today and what I need to do to keep feeling good. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's part of, well, that is the reason I wanted to chat with you today about, about your journey through fitness and, and you're still so close to the world of fitness with your job. Like you're in that space, you've kind of seen it all. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, in my opinion, probably got some of the best lessons through it. Um, and I, I just want to learn from you and, and what you've discovered. So in the past, you had you were immersed in the fitness competition community. And uh, I don't even know if that's the right terminology for it. Like pageant, is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> They're just bodybuilding competitions. Bodybuilding competitions. Yeah. Um, and then it, you, you ultimately stepped away from that. And, and I mean, I think found more balance in terms of how you talk about it. Um, will you share with listeners just that journey and kind of what was great and maybe what wasn't so great and why you ultimately left? Yeah, for sure. I actually, I know I've shared it with some people, but like the reason why I got into um, being competitive in any sense was that I was actually going through a probably a really, probably the hardest time in my life as I had come out of a two year relationship that was pretty mentally abusive and really toxic. Um, and so I found myself medicating with alcohol and drugs and starving myself. And this was probably about 10 years ago now. Um, and I was lucky enough to meet my now husband um, when I was going through the hardest time in my life. And I always say so many people would have probably left me, um, but he did not because um, I was not in a good place. Um, we look back and we can laugh at it now because it was just, you know, a few months of my life, but it was pretty dark. So he was really into fitness and health and wellness and working out and lifting. And so when I met him, it was just really inspiring. And I had never picked up a weight in my life. I didn't know what a meal plan was. I mean, I'd always been an athlete my whole entire life and loved being on cardio machines forever in college, but it was never anything that was strategic by any means or mm-hmm. healthy. So when I met him, um, he, one of our first few dates was like 
him in the gym, like teaching me how to lift weights. Like we still laugh about me doing like a tricep <laughs> kickback. It was the most awkward thing I've ever done. And I'm like embarrassed <laughs> by the thought of what I probably looked like at the time, but I, I didn't know. So I went in and I was super vulnerable. And, um, and then I, we were actually living, I like moved in with him and his roommate for a while. And his roommate was actually doing a bodybuilding competition. And I was like in the mindset, like, let's do that. I knew nothing about it. I was like, but we should do that. And Dan was like, really? I was like, yeah, we should do what he's doing. Um, <laughs> so, like okay. uninfor- uninformed. I would not recommend that to anybody. That's part of, I think, why I probably didn't continue doing it. Um, but we went into it and uh, we t- trained together. We were hardcore about it. I mean, we did not, we had plans that were ridiculous. You know, we were, our lives were dictated by what we were eating when we were in the gym. I mean, it's a very selfish sport in the fact that you're working towards uh, physique and not how well you perform athletically. Mm. Um, So everything is about the way you look, um, which is not a great thing for somebody who's had body image issues in the past. Um, That's why I say like, when people do shows, like they should go in like really educated and mentally prepared um, because I was not. So we got into it. Um, I ended up doing three shows. Dan did two. Um, but we did find out early on. I mean, we were very early in our relationship, like a few months in. Um, it's a selfish sport. So you're just focused on yourself. Um, your hormones are all over the place because your body fat gets so low there's no sex drive. There's no thinking about anything about other than yourself. Um, and I think we both, we noticed that, um, Mm -hmm. and there'd be moments where we'd both be in the kitchen crying, like, why are we doing this? Like, it's like, it it was so hardcore. Um, and then, you know, we were at competitions and we saw people that had essentially eating disorders that were masked by having lean muscle mass on their body, but it was still an eating disorder. Um, there were people that were doing drugs cause you couldn't drink, you know, because drinking would, you know, make you bloated and mm-hmm. make you retain fat. So, um, just seeing that it wasn't, it wasn't what we had thought we bought into. Like we thought we were going to go into this like super healthy sport and be super competitive. Um, but ultimately we couldn't go out to dinners together. We couldn't hang out with friends and eat or drink the foods that they were eating. And it, became very alienating. Um, and it also wasn't sustainable. Like you can't maintain that lifestyle, um, long-term because it's really bad for your health. Um, and also for me, it took probably a good year and a half, two years to get back to looking in the mirror and seeing myself as being okay, the, the way I was, because for so long, you're trying to be this 8% body fat person that, you know, they, they want you to be on stage. So um, that ultimately for us was like, no, there's more to life than this. We love burgers. We love wine. We love being social. Like let's get into fitness um, to make ourselves feel good and to feel strong and just to be overall healthy. So that's kind of the transition that we made. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there is there are people who can do it in a really healthy way. I mean, it's like when I, I hate to say I I judge, but when I do see that, I'm just like, I get so worried. I'm like, goodness, this person, like, are they okay? Like, and I I know you can't speak for everyone, but do you think that there are competitions that can be really healthy? I think if you have the education and the knowledge and you give yourself time but people train like for these competitions, like they would a marathon. So it's Mm -hmm. like you have a three month training and there's some people that are go into these, no joke. They need to take off 42 pounds as a woman, you know, before they're at the weight they should be at. So they're doing two hours of cardio. They're eating next to nothing. I mean, when I first started, I was eating 900 calories a day and working up two hours. And Dan was like, you will kill yourself. We need to adjust it. That's actually how he started his like meal plan um, business. Um, But I think if you maybe started a year out and Mm. you, I mean, there's a lot of people that you see that have been like long-term gymnasts or track, you know, stars that already have a lot of that muscle mass already put on. So their work is a little bit less, Um, but you really have to be smart about it and you have to be slow because this becomes so trendy and so many people have claimed to be 
coaches, but that just means they've maybe competed in a couple of shows themselves and have pulled meal plans off the internet. Um, but hmm. they're not taking in consideration your diet history, your hormone, your, your hormones, what you may be deficient in, um, how many calories your body needs even based on just to live. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. So I always say to people, if you want to do it, great, but go in mentally prepared, have somebody by your side that cares about your long-term health and not just the five seconds you're on stage being judged. Um, and also if you're going to do it, you have to give your body a break. There's some people that just do it like so many shows a year. And I follow a lot of these women now on Instagram who were like professional bodybuilders and now they're dealing with hormone issues and they've put on mm -hmm. 50 plus pounds and they're in this new struggle of trying to get their body back to where it was from the inside. Um, and then having to like love the new body they're in. And that is such a sad journey to see them go through because when you're in it, you are so in your own head and you're not thinking about anything else other than what your body looks like. And that's why it can, you know, lead to eating disorder, eating disorders or disordered eating or whatever you want to call it, but it's more than just the physique. Mm -hmm. You earlier, you said your word is surrender for 2020. And I love, that makes me so happy. I actually recently chatted with a psychic <laughs> she said the word that kept coming up for me that she kept seeing was surrender. And it's just like, you, you have to, you have to listen to yourself. You have to listen to your body. You have to, you can't control everything. And I feel like what that your story is like, you just, you can't live in a life where you control every single piece, right? Like it's not, it's, it's going to affect your mental health at some point. Um, so what does balance look like for you now? Now that, I mean, you're, you're truly like you're you're able to control some things, but not everything. Especially with with a baby in your belly, like what does control or rather um, just balance look like for you? I think it looks different every day, um, and that's okay uh, for me. Some days it is being more active because it makes me feel good. Other days it is just the way I come into my day mentally. Um, but it is, it's listening to my body. If I wake up like today, I'm not working out. I don't feel like working out. I could use a nap. So <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. Um, and so for me, it's like, cause I always say like of a scale, like I, nothing's ever like truly balanced, but I'm, I feel like there's a balance of everything you can like, maybe something's 50%, something's 25%. Another thing is 25%, like, and it can still make the piece whole. Um, so for me, I just try to look at like all the different pieces that are going to make me feel good that day. Um, and I don't, I mean, before I would work out seven days a week, again, two to three now it's, it's way different. It's mm -hmm. way different. The way I eat is way different. I have 10 pounds on my, uh, 10 pounds on my body that I didn't have before the way I'm looking at myself and having to talk to myself every day because I'm really big on self-talk even before I was pregnant. So the things I'm saying to myself are different. Um, so balance, I think, I don't think it's changed because I always in the past, like maybe I had 75% of me to work out really hard and then go on a walk and then go out and do something social. And if the nap thing kind of fell to the wayside, now it's like, I have to have to be realistic with what my energy looks like and what's best for me. And my growing child. Mm -hmm. I told you about the coffee nap, right? I think one time we were together and I told have yes. you done this? Have so, you done this? <laughs> so I love, I used to love the coffee nap during this pregnancy. I haven't really had a taste for coffee. Okay. Um, but like I, I will be highly utilizing that, but that's another thing too. So like I used to love coffee. Like I loved like the buzz it gave me. I was like yeah. ready to go and do all the things now. Like my dream is to not feel jittery, <laughs> like mm -hmm. at all. And so I've been drinking a lot of tea um, and be able to nap just fine. But I will be utilizing the coffee nap, which correct me, it's you, you have your coffee, yep. you take a little nap and you wake up and you're like, 
ready to go. Totally. And it has to be like 20 minutes or less. <laughs> yeah. So if you can fall asleep quickly, like I can in about a whole two seconds, I'll, I literally did. I took one today. <laughs> it's just like a rainy day and I don't, I actually have childcare for once, which is so nice. So I have a little coffee and I take a 20 minute nap and wake up and I'm like, this is the best. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like this, this is the secret. I mean, I was doing it unknowingly, but when you said that, I was like, I'm glad somebody else <laughs> knows how good it is too. <laughs> yeah, it's, you do what you got to do, especially yeah. when those, there's a little sleep coming here in the future. And yeah. Ugh. So, you know, and you're having a little girl, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I have two girls yeah. and I just like being a mom of girls is to me an absolute dream. And I also think it comes with a lot of responsibility and I don't, I guess I'm really biased because I don't have any boys, but like it feels almost harder in a way to me. Like I feel their, their emotions and the things that they will um, experience later in life. And like, I want to protect them in so many ways. And I also know that they like, they have to experience those. And one of those things is, is bullying and just how girls can be so cruel to each other and I guess like someone like you, who's so strong and so positive and has learned so many life lessons yet has experienced pretty ridiculous bullying. Like how do you overcome that? And, and if you don't mind telling the story of, of the incident that I'm talking about, because I just took away a lot from, from that, from you sharing that story. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the story I'm about to share, it like has helped me grow more than ever. Um, and I'm a strong believer of you go through that stuff to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm so bad with timelines. I'm going to say it was three years ago. Could have been four. I'm really bad. My husband <laughs> could testify. It could have been 12 years ago. No, but I think it's three years ago. So um, I had a college roommate. I went to school in Milwaukee and she was coming to Minnesota for a wedding. Um, a guy that she had been dating kind of opted out of going to the wedding with her. So she asked I'd be her plus one. Uh, to the reception that was in St. Paul. And I was like, great. It was summer. It was a hot hot day. Um, I had sent her some pictures of dresses, um, options to wear. And she essentially was like, oh, wear that one. I was like, okay, cool. Because I don't know what I was really walking into. So I met her and her friends at Barrio um, before the reception. And then I went to the reception with her. Um, And while I was at the reception, I didn't know anybody at this wedding, mind you, I was just there as a guest. Um, I wasn't even drinking and I was drinking coffee. Um, so everything's real vivid. Um, but I was essentially standing by the dance floor with a coffee in my hand with my back turned to the dance floor where my friend was. And I felt somebody come up behind me and slap me on my butt really hard. And like, I turned around in just like shock. Um, and there was a grown woman, my same age, um, who said, um, that was a dare, um, and you're a target. And she like took her fingers and like pointed them at her eyes and then kind of at my eyes. And I was like, completely, my friend had, saw, she saw it happen. So she came over and she pointed, <clears throat> the woman who did it pointed to like a group of like grown women, like huddled together, like laughing. Um, and I was like, I, my response was, you're lucky. I'm so nice. Um, because like, you just basically violated me. Um, so the whole night then from there, these women just kept coming by me, spilling their beer down my arm, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so we ultimately called my husband and his friend and they came and got us like came down to the wedding reception and got us. Cause I'm usually pretty bold. And, um, for me to be uncomfortable in a situation where I had to leave, um, was pretty telling to how, you know, bad it was. And granted they were drinking, like to me, that's never an excuse. Like I would never do that to somebody even if I was, um, had been drinking. So yeah. So then from there, everything, um, Fallon from KDWB had like reached out to me. She saw my posts. I shared it on my Instagram. Like I share everything else. Um, <laughs> and just about my experience and about how I really honestly couldn't believe what had happened. And so I talked about it on the radio show and then, didn't know that radio, um, like different radio stations will share stories that do well. And so it ended up going viral, like around the world. Um, and with that came more, 
um, bullying. Um, the women that locally would go on and post like I was a failed model looking for attention and that you could see my vagina at the wedding. Uh, it was all about this body count dress that I was wearing. Um, and then every article that was written from Huffington Post to People to Us Weekly to every outlet, there would be thousands of comments written about how I looked like a man or I slept with the groom. And this oh went on God. for, yeah, it went on for like a year and then like a straight year of that. Um, and then the groom actually like messaged me on Facebook and was like, I'm going to sue you. You've gone too far. Um, so yeah, so it was this whole thing um, that I turned in then to a kindness campaign because I was like, clearly people, I think as we've learned even recently, like the media can create a narrative that they want to create. Um, but for me, I saw it as an opportunity to use my voice for good and to help people. Um, was it easy? Absolutely not. Um, it was, I've never had thousands of terrible comments written about me um, on the internet. Uh, but it also helped me grow as a person in the biggest way possible. So the comments were, I mean, they were just strictly about what you were wearing. I mean, like, is that ultimately what they were using against you? Yeah. So that was another like, thing that just like really upset me is that like, in my eyes, if it would have been a man that had done it to me, it wouldn't have been a story or if it was a story, it would have been about the actions of the man, <laughs> but because it was a woman, that was like blazed over. And so everybody I had, like everybody knows what a body con dress is, right? It's like this, mm -hmm. I don't know. They're like mini dresses that are tight. I don't know. Like a fitting dress. You have a beautiful body, like great. Right. And there's, I yeah. And so the media used it as, is this dress too sexy for a wedding? And mm -hmm. so that was the narrative. And then so everybody, of course, wanted to weigh in on that. Um, but I was upstaging the bride and blah, 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 blah. Anyways. So it just, it got, it wasn't about the situation. It wasn't about how the women treated me at all. Um, it was about um, the way I looked in the dress and what my intentions were. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that like, oh, makes me think about my girls and just like, I would so encourage them to love their body and be strong and wear what they want to wear. And then for them to have to endure something like that, like you did, like, what are you, what are you going to do? What are you going to tell your daughter knowing what you know about that kind of a situation? Yeah. For me, it like comes down to, I, like, when I think about raising a daughter, like I want to raise somebody who is just so confident and like has a strong voice and has a strong opinion. Like I know I was always like, usually people like me when I was little, I get in trouble in class for talking too much or, you know, I was just always had something to say, or I always kind of pushed the envelope. Um, and I actually want my daughters to be like that. Like I want them to be able to like stand up when they feel something's wrong. And I think that comes with obviously being comfortable in your body, but just like as a woman in general, like feeling so secure within who you are that no matter what anybody says about you, you know it not to be true um, and that you can stand up for yourself because I think body image is one thing, right? And I think our daughters are going to go through something way harder than we ever did. Like we had 17 magazine and I still had body issues since like eighth grade, mm -hmm. but now we have social media and I call it Kardashian culture where everybody strives to look a certain way. Um, and so for me, that's going to be one thing. But I think for me, from my perspective, I'm, I want to get my girls into sports and doing things that just ultimately like, doesn't that feel good for your body? Like, doesn't it feel good when you like eat well and you, you know, you're working out and getting up, but not about like, oh, you look so cute and tiny or you look so pretty. And like, I know it's easy for us to say that to little girls, um, but I just really want to like raise a strong human and I don't necessarily know how I'm going to implement that, but I think starting with myself as being an example and showing that you can speak up in a respectful way um, will be like a great tool for her to have. I think it helps. And you have such a community. I think you're such a good example of this, like a community of strong people around you, strong women around you that 
I mean, it, they say it takes a village and I mean, it absolutely does. Like some of my closest friends, like if they're, if my child is acting out, they will sit down and just share with them and like have that moment. And I trust them to do that. You know, this is, we're all in this together and for the girls to have strong women around them, to have, you know, your daughter, to have you and the people, your community that you work with in front of them all the time. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think you're so right. It's like, it takes more than just one person. And I think if you do have good people around you and that's the, that's the world they live in and that's the world they see, it's much easier for them to like emulate that. Whereas these women that did that to me, I know that they were mothers. And if that's how they treated me, it makes me wonder how they treat people in their everyday life and what their daughters are seeing. Um, and so I think that's a huge responsibility as a mom, but to me, like, being kind to one another is like the most basic thing ever. Um, And like, there's room for everybody at the table and there's room for everybody to be great and successful and all of that. And I think that's just like such a strong message to share as well. Well, I'm so excited for you to have, Mm -hmm. to have a little one and, and share all that goodness. And what do you like, what are you excited about? What are you most excited about being a mom? I am. I am with you. I'm like so excited to be having a girl. I know everybody was like, oh, just a healthy baby. I'm like, yes, of course I want a healthy baby. That is number one. But I like feel like I was meant to be a girl mom. Like I just really like feel it in my heart that I like, I am so lucky to be having a little girl. Um, so for me right now, I'm in that phase of like wondering like what she's going to look like, what she's going to act like, like is she going to be like really extroverted like me or more like Dan, a little bit more introverted and like, you know, like in the books kind of person, you know, like that's so interesting to me. Um, but also just excited to like have a family. Um, I've shared like on my social that like my parents got divorced when I was four. Um, I didn't really have a great relationship with my dad. Um, whereas Dan comes from a family of like a brother, sister, mom and dad married for like almost 40 some years. And like this, strong like tight-knit family unit unit where don't get me wrong I had a great childhood and I love my life and I'm also really excited to have my own family and have my daughter have such an amazing father because like I don't know what that experience is like and so for me to like see that bond has been like so like touching to me already and I can just see how great he's going to be and so um, that's exciting for me to think about. And then just thinking about like things we're going to do as a family and like how it's going to change. And I'm like, I'm not scared of my life changing, but I'm excited to see like how it does change, um, and what that looks like. What are you nervous about? Oh gosh. Um, (laughs) I'm, I'm nervous about a lot. I'm a super chill person by nature. So it was interesting. I was really scared of childbirth before I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't really been that scared about it. I'm kind of like, well, I have to get her out of me somehow. Right. So I guess <laughs> turns, out. So, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> turns out that she's got to get out of here. So um, I haven't like, I'm not fearful of that. I know I have options and all of that. So, um, but I think I'm a little, I'm nervous with Dan because he's never <laughs> had like experiences with babies. Like I have sisters and I have nieces and nephews. He has never had anything. So I'm a little nervous for how it's going to hit him because I want to like be able to support him, but also take care of myself as well. Um, I'm nervous about the sleep thing because I know I won't sleep the same ever again. And I'm already really tired. Oh, you will. Uh, You'll be give yourself (laughs) a year and you're good. Okay, good. I like to hear that because I feel like that's not what I'm hearing. Um, and, um, yeah, I think I'm, and I'm not nervous about rape. Cause I know a lot of people are like, I'm just nervous about raising a human being to make them a good person. But I, like you just talked about, I'm not nervous about that. Like, I think we'll do a fine job of that, but I think just like the worries that you have. And I, you know, and I've heard like of moms getting like, you know, postpartum or a lot of anxiety that didn't really go away. And I think for me, because I am such a chill person and I've experienced extreme emotions during all of this, like I'm a little bit fearful that I might have some of that because it's an unknown. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I'm more excited than I am fearful. I was way more fearful before the pregnancy stick said pregnant. 
like <laughs> it kind of like the excitement took over at that point. I was like, oh, okay, I got this. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so thoughtful of you to have just like to think of your partner in this. And like, I, I think, I mean, I guess in my opinion, it's harder sometimes on dads because they haven't had nine months of physical changes that have been leading them up to this. Like women's bodies literally prepare them for those sleepless nights and you just kind of handle it. Whereas like, <laughs> my poor husband, like all of a sudden he's like, oh, okay. Yep. Yep. We're doing this like every night. <laughs> <laughs> I love to ask this question to all of my guests because I learn a lot from this, but what do you, like, what are your self-care, your self-discovery practices? I love seeing you at the salon on your Instagram. <laughs> like, it, like I live vicariously through you at Twig Salon in Wayzata. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of my top because I, I used to be a hairstylist um, after I went to college for my like, four-year degree, I ended up going back to be a cosmetologist. So I did that for a few years. And so although it wasn't like a long-term career for me, it is very much like a happy place of mine um, where I like find like a lot of serenity and like, because I know the people, I trust them. It's not like an anxious situation. Um, So I do, I love getting my hair blown out. I love getting the mani-pedi. I've just started now getting monthly facials, um, monthly massages. Um, I am, my love language is touch. So Mm. like, I feel really loved on when people are touching me. Um, so I think that's why all of my self-care things are a lot of that. Um, so yeah, I just do things that like make me feel good. And I know like, so and, and going for walks, it's another thing. I went, I'm very much a city gal, but like I love being out in nature and just being like a walk by the river and just like have that like peace and quiet. And it just kind of like grounds me but I also get to see people as I'm walking. And so it's like the best of two worlds, you know, for me to like, um, yeah, because it's very hard for me to like just sit and meditate. Sometimes like I do try, but I feel like sometimes active meditations or um, something with movement is better for me. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So a lot of it seems like it's like cosmetic stuff, but it's really more just because I like to be like rubbed on and touched and (laughs) told I'm wonderful. <laughs> Who doesn't like, right? <laughs> prioritize that? That's yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. It, self-care can be anything, right? It could be, it could be sitting in your house and just like listening to the air conditioner. <laughs> like, it right. Literally anything. Yeah. Um, and some days it, it is that, you know, like I'm just going to sit here in the house with no TV on, no music and just like sit on the couch. And I very much do that too. Um, but I would say like the way I spend most of my money is on self-care. Like, mm-hmm. like you're like, that's a lot of money. I'm like, yeah, but it's like my thing. Like, I don't know. We can't travel right now either. So traveling would be another way to take care of, you know, myself, but we're not doing that right now, but eventually that will be a part of it. And when they travel, I will eat food and go to a spa to <laughs> build yes. upon that self-care. <laughs> yes. Like, um... <laughs> Before we go, will you tell listeners about your very, very cool job at Lululemon and just sort of like what's on the horizon for your work? Yeah. So it's been almost a year now, which is crazy. It like just popped up on my Facebook memories that I've accepted the offer, um, which I was like, wow, that really flew by. So I'm the experiential curator, which I always have to explain because nobody knows what it means, but that makes <laughs> it fun. Um but I essentially do all the programming for our experiential space at the Mall of America. It's the second experiential store um, of its kind. And so before all this was happening, I was hosting about two to eight events a week, depending on the week, um, with community partners or ambassadors. And it ranged anything from a yoga class with you, mm-hmm. and, which was so fun, the wellness day we had, um, to a concert or a mental health series. Um, it was literally, it still is, I should say, the best part of my job is that there's no boundaries. It's just getting to create like magic for the community. Um, and we're going to continue doing that virtually um, moving forward, most definitely. And as soon as it's okay to be in person again, um, but we do, we're at limited capacity at the Mall of America right now. And so um, having events right now isn't on the radar. So continuing to keep our community connected virtually, um, like many of us are, is what we'll continue to do moving forward. 
Um, and I think it'll probably be that way until I get back from my, my mat leave. So mm-hmm. I think to, to 2020, I think it's going to be pretty virtual, but I think we've all learned it's a really great way to connect as well. Mm-hmm. So where can listeners find you, follow along with all of your amazing vulnerability and your shares and your laugh on Instagram? <laughs> What's your handle? So it's at we are the Krugers. Liz and sometimes Dan is what you'll see under there because Dan is sometimes there. (laughs) For the longest time, I was like, we were sharing it. And I was like, you know, we got to got to put you in there sometimes because you're not really active on the social, (laughs) but I love you. (laughs) Soon to be baby in there too, which will be. Yes. (laughs) When's your due date or your, I guess, like sort of guest date? I don't, (laughs) I don't like to say due date because that's never accurate. I know it's December 2nd, but I'm the same. I'm like, my cycle's longer, so it could be end of this November, it could be December. I'm just kind of preparing myself for like a good month of time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Would that be a Capricorn then, baby? It would, if it was December 2nd, it would be a Sagittarius. Okay. Which I don't know any Sagittariuses. Like, I, like I'm learning that people are Sagittariuses, and I'm like, oh, they're supposed to be like really funny, like bold, a little bit fiery, um, adventurous. And I'm a mm-hmm. Pisces, so I'm like, water like like real feely so it'll be really interesting because I think she could be (laughs) she could be a force (laughs) well that'll be good though like as a Pisces you're so empathic and like you'll be able to feel her out even and if she's fiery and fun like you can sort of bring the the like I feel you right now. Let's connect yeah. on this. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I love that. Thanks for being on the show, Liz. It's so fun to talk to you. And I cannot wait till we get to do some fun things at the store again. I know. Same. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. Reminder to leave that podcast review Send me a screenshot in Instagram to be entered into win a goodie basket. Um, Do that before August 5th to be considered. Thank you so much. Have a great week.